Good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. My name is Kimberly Shirk. I'll be your moderator for today's show. I'm joined, as always, by author Larry Sternberg, our expert on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can really make a difference in your organization. And today, we're super excited to have a very special guest joining us. Please join me in welcoming Brian Williams to the show. Hi, Brian. Hi. How are you doing today? We're doing great, and we're super excited that you're here with us today. I want to all um, introduce you all to Brian and give you a little sampling of his background as well. So let me go ahead and read this. Dr. Brian Williams is a leadership and service excellence speaker, consultant, and author. He has facilitated workshops and delivered keynotes worldwide for various companies in diverse industries. Brian was the Global Corporate Director of Training and Organizational Effectiveness for the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. He holds degrees in business administration, hotel restaurant management, and adult learning, including a doctorate of management in organizational leadership. Brian is also the founder of the acclaimed BW Leadership Academy, the Strong Leader Institute, and BWTV Online Learning. He is the author of three books on service excellence and was a member of the Board of Examiners for the Baldrige Performance Excellence Program. Most of all, Brian is very passionate about helping companies reach high levels of service and organizational excellence, and we are so pleased to have you here with us today, Brian. Brian has come and actually spoken here at Talent Plus, and so it is so great to be connecting with you once again, and we're, we're glad you're joining us today. Oh, yeah, well, I am so, I feel incredibly um, privileged and blessed to be on this call, knowing the yeah, the, the rich history Town Plus has. And, I mean, I've been, I've been affiliated and I've known about Town Plus since I was a teenager. So to be on a podcast now is truly amazing. So thank you for the opportunity. Uh, yes, we're, we're very pleased to have you as our guest, and I'm looking forward to the conversation here. So, Kim, kick us off. We'll kick off. So, uh, one of the things I know is that you are a total expert in organizational effectiveness. And, uh, you know, as we come together on this podcast to talk about managing to make a difference in organizations' lives, we're just curious to know a little bit about how you go about teaching organizational effectiveness. I know that you have strong the strongleadersinstitute.com. And so, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, absolutely. First of all, I think it's really important to understand that whenever we talk about creating great service or, 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 or great organizational culture, you must start with having a very effective, clearly defined, well-articulated vision, mission, standard that can encapsulate your values. That's so, so critical. But although those items are important, you need to have strong leaders there um, talking about them every day, modeling the behaviors, describing them every day, holding people accountable for when it's not happening every day, and recognizing and celebrating excellence when they do see those standards being manifested every day. That's really important. And as you mentioned, Kim, on May 16th and 17th of this year, we have a program coming up called the, the Strong Leader Institute. That's on strongleaderinstitute.com. That's happening in Miami, Miami area at the iconic uh, Biltmore Hotel. A lot of conferences and, 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 and programs and leadership development programs focus on ideas and concepts and theories, but this program will go beyond theory and into action. So we have a lot of great things planned from uh, a wonderful capstone project, and in fact, Talent Plus is one of the primary sponsors of that event. So a lot of the Talent Plus methodology and tools and resources will be uh, hardwired into those into the two-day program. Hi. Uh, Brian? Uh yeah. When people attend the Strong Leader 
Institute, uh, what kinds of outcomes can they anticipate? Absolutely. I think one, one of the most important things is that each, each person will be able to walk away from the two-day program with a very clear plan on what to do to address a specific um, team management issue. So during the registration process, people are going to describe one troubling issue, one issue that's just been nagging them um, on their team, whether it's a communication issue or something. And a part of the Strong Leader Institute, we're going to break everybody up into uh, micro groups, a small cohorts, where then each person will be working with each other to develop a plan. So each person will leave with a plan. And we'll also uh, make sure everybody understands how to some, some practices, best practices and tools on how to turn mediocrity into high performance. We'll talk about tools about how to identify the right person for the right role and the right team and things of that nature. So uh, can I put you on the spot? Absolutely. Great. Suppose I'm a participant in the Strong Leader Institute and in the introductory uh, documents you've asked me to complete uh, about what's going on with me, I say... My team is currently in a situation where the company is implementing a lot of automation. And my team is worried about retaining their current jobs. And as a matter of fact, uh, I am too, because if there's no team, you don't need a team leader. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a real possibility that uh, the automation is going to replace what we do. How do I deal mm-hmm. with my team in these circumstances? Absolutely. Great question, Larry. I would say number one is to, is to ensure that you understand what makes your role relevant. Start there. Why does your job exist? Why does it exist? And then figure out which parts of your job are not easily replaceable, <laughs> that are not easily automated. And then from that point, I'll look to see, well, what are some additional things? Or what are some other areas I can then jump into? that I can do that's probably it's currently not being done, that, that, you know, that may add additional value. And I think a lot of that has to do with having conversations with people who I report to and finding out what are the goals of the organization. If, if one of the primary goals is to reduce costs, right, hence potentially there may be a reason for the automation, then I may be a part of the team or part of the committee helping to identify other areas how we can use myself and other human expertise to make that happen. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, So people are going to attend the Strong Leader Institute and learn these kinds of, uh, get to talk about these kinds of real world issues as opposed to some theoretical stuff that might apply only in in the classroom. As you have been teaching the, the Strong Leader Institute, as you've been teaching in this institute, what kinds of issues are coming up most frequently that you see that people want help with? Yes, the biggest one by far is how do you take a culture, a team, an organizational culture that has been the same for, let's say, 10, 10 20, 30 years, and how do you um, revitalize or inject a certain, um, like a higher level of energy there. Like, like, how do you start turning it around? That's by far the biggest issue, by far. And people are kind of struggling because they don't know what to do because, as you know, I mean, habits are hard to break. And yes, they are. Well, why don't we have I mean, a conversation with that? 
I'll give, I'll give you some of my thoughts on that, and let's just uh, let's just go back and forth and see what emerges. How's that sound? Absolutely, I love it. Well, all right. So, yeah, and and I agree. This is an issue that comes up a lot for us. Uh, first of all, when you want to change a culture, you want to make sure that you're changing toward something, not just away from something. And so when right. you started, you, when you started uh, in, in, our, in our broadcast today, you talked about the importance of setting out uh, a mission and a vision and so forth. And so I think the first thing one wants to do when you're talking about changing a culture is as a leader to make a difference in people's lives, you have to articulate a vision for what the future state uh, of the right. culture for what you desire as a leader, because once you can articulate your vision, and of course, you have to say why. So here's the vision, and why is this the vision? Why do we want to move in this direction? And you, you, if you do this correctly, you allow people to enroll in supporting you in coming about that vision then you can uh, start doing other things. What comes up for you after I, after I make this point? No, I, I completely agree. In fact, one of the things that I've, that, that I've found is that there are a lot of leaders and managers in the workplace who don't know how to or who haven't been taught how to articulate a very clear vision or how to articulate a clear mission, as it were. As you just pointed out, the vision is about where you're going. 10, 20, 30 years down the road. It's not here right now. It's somewhere in the future. You've got to stretch for it. But something that should be inspiring that gets people jacked up about where they are going. Mission describes who you are, what you do, why you do it, how you do it. And what I've been trying, like, for example, in our BW Leadership Academy, which is another one of our conferences that we do, we have people do um, work on that, a personal mission statement for themselves, but specifically around leadership. What is my personal leadership mission statement? Who am I as a leader and what am I doing? Yeah, I think what sometimes what happens is that leaders sometimes um, they hide behind the veil of the organization. And they think that the organization as an entity, as it were, will be enough to cause people to follow. And while people may initially be attracted to working for an organization, ultimately their engagement on a day-to-day basis and perhaps the reason that they leave is not because of the organization, it's because of who they're directly reporting to. So it's, it's, it's critical for each leader, each manager, to make sure that they themselves are, are a micro-organization, if you will, within the greater, uh, the greater organization. Well, that's great. And I see that uh, we're coming up on our first break. And when we come back from the first break, what I want to do is come back to this uh, fundamental question that you uh, brought up that you're being asked frequently, which is uh, how do we change a culture? So we've established yes. that uh, the, the first step is to create that vision of where the culture wants to be 10, 20, yes. 30 years from now and to explain why. And when we come back, I want to continue that conversation and, and talk about some other uh, tips, advice that uh, the two of us can give to people in terms of changing that culture. Excellent. Uh, I love it. 
Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. We are talking with Dr. Brian Williams today, and we're excited to have him on Managing to Make a Difference as well. We know that your valuable feedback um, is uh, priceless to us, and we often get feedback and questions from you. So if you have a point you want to make or a question you'd like our experts to answer, just click that email host button just above the podcast description, and we'll work on those topics and work them into our upcoming podcast. Um, as you all know from attending this podcast before. If you'd like to visit managetomakeadifference.com, that's where you can find all the information to order books, um, to seek out speaking engagements and things like that. So we invite you to visit managetomakeadifference.com and we will be right back after taking a short break to talk more with Dr. Brian Williams and Larry Sternberg. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Thanks so much for joining us for managingtomakeadifference.com. That's our website. And if you go there, you'll find more information about the book. But right now we're on the podcast and we are joined today by Dr. Brian Williams. He's a leadership and service excellence speaker, consultant, and author. And again, Brian, we're super excited that you're here with us today. We've talked a little bit about the Strong Leader Institute and um, the event that's coming up May 16th and 17th at the Biltmore in Florida. And so if you're interested in finding out more information about that, you can join strongleaderinstitute.com and find out all the information you need to get registered there. So in our first segment of the podcast, we've been talking about culture and really articulating a vision for the future and the why behind the vision. And I think we want to continue that conversation. Larry, what comes to your mind when we when we jump right back into the culture discussion? Well, once the vision is done, the leader then has to articulate as clearly and vividly as possible what the expectations of the behaviors are, of the attitudes and the behaviors. There's lots of different definitions of culture out there. Uh, one of the most popular and I think useful ones that is, is, is going around today is that the culture is simply the way we do things around here. And, mm-hmm. and I like to also talk about the fundamental values and beliefs, but those essentially those fundamental values and beliefs result in certain kinds of behavior. It's the, so it results in the way we do things around here. And so mm-hmm. if you want to change the culture, you have, to, you have to make clear to people the way we want to do things around here. And I'm going to use uh, as an example uh, of that, something that uh, Brian and I were very involved in uh, with the old Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, we had a set of 20 basics. And those right. basics said, here's the way we do things around here. And occasionally Ritz-Carlton would uh, take over another hotel. The owner would decide to reflag the hotel and it used to right. be managed by Company X. And all of a sudden the the owner signs a deal and it's going to be managed by Ritz-Carlton. And uh, right. I was often on teams where we would go in and do that. And one of the examples uh, that's very easy for everybody to understand is when Ritz came in, if a guest asked directions, how do I get to the George Washington function room? Right. The, the standard behavior was you escort the guest to the room. You this just is don't, basic you, number 16, by the way. <laughs> basic, you remember basic number 16. Great. I know escort, all the basics, though. <laughs> I've forgotten the basics, but nevertheless, um, I, still, I still actually probably use them all all the time. But that was number, number 16. But the point is, we as leaders articulated to the employees that this was a new behavior. This is a different yeah. culture, and this is a behavior that wasn't expected before. But now, given the new vision, this behavior is what we want from you. And, and th- so that's just an example of what I mean when I say the leader must articulate the expectations for how we're going to do things around here. Brian, what comes up for you on this topic? You know, you know, Larry. As, I, as, as I'm listening to you speak, right, and I'm getting flashbacks to my past. Uh, <laughs> I used to work at the Ritz and so forth. But even now, in my career, I think about your book, you and Kim's book, "Managing to Make a Difference." And what I think about that, and the, the word that keeps popping out of my mind is difference. Difference, making a difference. A difference in what? In dif- a difference in people's lives. When I look back at the best managers I've ever had in my career, 
and I can name several of them, they not only made a difference in my work life, but my whole, I can look back and say my whole life has been different as a result of being managed by each of those people. Now, as we talk about culture, when I think, when I think of culture, my definition personally of culture is a group of people in the same place with the same habits. That's, that, that's how I personally define culture. In the same area, the same organization, the same geographic place, whatever the case, in, in, in the same house even, <laughs> or in the same department. You can have multiple departments. Each department has its own culture, right? Sure. But culture is a group of people in the same place with the same habits. And habits are really, really, really hard to break. So when I think about managing to make a difference, in my mind, the greatest managers are habit makers. They're able to create habits on their teams. And you create a habit not by doing something every other day or once a week or once a month or once a year. Habits are created by doing something every day. To the point, we do it, as you know, you do anything for 21 to 30 days, it becomes really, really hard to not do it. And as, we, as you alluded to those 20 basics, Larry, um, the reason it became habits is because they were talked about how often? Every day. Every day. That's why it became a habit. Now you have an entire army of people in the same company with the same habits, and now all of a sudden, those habits uh, collectively take on a new name, which is called culture. Now you become known by that. I was reading the other day, I think Jeff Bezos had a quote years ago about a brand. He said, a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. In many cases, that's what your culture is as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's correct. And, and here's, here's my next point. In order yes. to support the leader's uh, campaign to create mm. these new habits, to create the new culture, Another thing leaders can do is collect stories that right. vivid, vividly illustrate the, the behaviors and the habits that you want people to adopt. You, 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 can't, right. just, you can't just say, go the extra mile. I mean, you can't, no. but that doesn't change the habit as much as when you see somebody doing it and you tell that story about that's right. how someone went the extra mile, that's when the other employees get it, that they go, oh, that's the behavior you want, and you want us to do that every day. Okay. That's right. And it, that's, it just, right. that's right. Sto stories are among the most powerful ways to get people to change their behaviors and adopt these new habits. Do you have any examples that's of that? Oh, 100%. I'll tell you as well. Whenever a client has me come in, whether it's a hospital or a hotel or a church or, or a school, whatever client I'm working with, and I'm doing a consulting project with them, it's mandatory. I always tell them, I always consult and recommend that they create, that they have a daily process of soliciting and, and, and collecting wow stories, stories of excellence, stories of when someone went above and beyond for either uh, a customer or a co-worker or a direct report. Have, that, have those stories um, solicited and collected every single day, and at minimum once a week, you share those collective stories organization-wide, so everyone can benefit from that. And I'll tell you this, one of our, so every year we do a client of the year. Most recently, our client of the year is a, is a long-term care luxury organization in Connecticut called Seabury. And they're one of these clients who, like, whatever you recommend 
for, or, or from an ongoing improvement perspective, they, they do it all the way through. They don't sit and do it and they're not doing what they do it. Every single week, Larry, every week, they not only collect these stories, but they put out a newsletter that's purely stories of excellence. And these stories of excellence were, were normally either submitted by a coworker, the person who went above and beyond, or from a resident, like a customer, who went above, who, who witnessed something happening, who had something phenomenal done to them. And this newsletter goes out to not only the staff, but also the customers. Now, that's, that's so, wonderful. It, it's, it's so powerful, when these stories yeah, get they, circulated, they, they, on the one hand, they illustrate the, the new habits that you want people to adopt. And in addition, the people who are doing it are getting celebrated. They're, 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 they're getting recognized as exemplars of the kind of culture you're going for. Yes. Talent Plus's whole focus is around positive psychology, having the science of talent and so forth. And the, the real underpinning with positive psychology and positive organizational scholarship is if you want more excellence, you have to focus on excellence, current excellence. If you want more of what's working right, focus on what is currently working right. And that's where the stories come in. When you have a, a, an example of someone going above and beyond and you want to have more of that, talk about people going above and beyond right now. Identify the individuals in the organization, on your team, who are already performing at that level and make examples out of them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to move on to another point of how you change a culture. And you and I have referred to it, but I want to address it in in a more blunt and direct way. And that is something you and I learned at Ritz-Carlton. We called it lineup in Mm Ritz-Carlton, but a daily meeting, every shift, every day, going over one aspect of the culture that the organization wants to move toward, going over one aspect, and you discuss this every day. At Talent Plus, we call that meeting formation. In uh, Mercedes-Benz USA, they call that meeting jumpstart. But committing 10 to 15 minutes every day to focus on one of the basic values, the basic behaviors of the new culture and telling a story and soliciting discussion. Uh, if you want to change your culture, you do that every day so you can hold each other accountable for the development and enlivening of these habits. That's right. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, um, there's a Chinese proverb that says uh, everyone should take at least 10 minutes every day for, you know, for, for self-reflection. And if you're too busy for 10 minutes, then take 20. <laughs> I see what you're talking about. Right that's here. what lineup is. That's what your yeah. daily huddle is. The daily formation, daily jumpstart, whatever you call it. That's the ten minutes. If you try to tell me in all the hours you have in a day, in a work day, and if you're, if you as a leader, if you say you are committed to creating a culture of excellence, you mean to tell me you can't take ten minutes? Ten minutes? Like seriously? For every leader who tells me they can't take 10 minutes because they can't figure it out how to get people to come in at a certain time and how to break away from the customers for 10 minutes, I can show you, for every one leader that tells me that, I can show them five leaders in other organizations who find a way to make it happen. Brian, that by itself, you. saying that you don't have the time to do so, speaks volumes about your true desire 
or lack of desire to create excellence because excellence requires you to do more than what's expected. The word excellent, the root word in excellence is excel. That means to go above and beyond, to do more than what's expected. And in the beautiful next... thing about... I'm sorry? Brian, Brian. Brian it's, it's time for us to take a break. We're oh, going to come sorry. back to this. Yeah, in our next segment, we're going to explore that theory of excellence. Uh, we'll be right back with Managing to Make a Difference. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We're having a great, lively discussion with Dr. Brian Williams and Larry Sternberg uh, just on service excellence, on management, on culture, all kinds of topics that we're touching on today. And and as I bring this uh, journalist perspective from my, my longtime career from some many years ago, actually, uh, what, what has dawned on me is this uh, thread of communication that's been woven through. When we talk about great cultures, we talk about creating new habits. We talked about collecting stories, and then we talk about the sharing of those stories. And uh, it dawns on me how important that.
that communication piece is. And I know, uh, Brian, that you have shared that you've got a new book coming out calling Lift Me Higher, and there's a subtitle. So I wanted to give you a moment to share a little bit about that and some of the stories that may be included in that book. Absolutely. Thank thank you, Cam. Um, It's called uh, Lift Me Higher. 50 Leadership Tips to Strengthen, Encourage, and Inspire You. And it's written for leaders, people in the leadership role, or those who are aspiring to that level. But you know, uh, as a leader, you, you give so much. You're visioning, you're, you're modeling, you're, you're, you're holding people accountable. You're, still, you're, you're giving a lot of energy. And it's important to refill your own gas tank. And, and my goal with this particular, and this is my fourth book, my goal with this fourth book is purely to reinvigorate and re-inspire those who lead others. And one of the chapters in the book um, is, 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 is talking about, t- let's talk about excellence every day, right? And in that is what we were just talking about, what Larry and I were just discussing. And the passage says, let's just get through all the clutter and get right down to it. Teams that consistently give excellent service have leaders who enthusiastically talk about excellent service every day. That is a small, a small snippet from that section. <laughs> Well, and that uh, that really reinforces the points we were talking about earlier is if you want to create a certain kind of culture and particularly if you want to move from your current culture to a different kinds of culture, you have to talk about these things every day. And I want to move on to the point that in addition to talking about them, the next thing that has to happen is there has to be consequences for Mm -hmm. people who are who are exhibiting the behaviors that you want in your new culture and for people who aren't exhibiting. Here's how human beings learn things, ladies and gentlemen. They act in the world and then they get a response. They either get rewarded, they get punished, or they get ignored. Those are the three main categories that happen. So if you want a particular kind of culture, you, you we've been talking about talking about the culture. We've been talking about articulating a vision and uh, creating habits and by by collecting stories from people who do those things and talking about excellence every day if, if you want a culture of excellence, which you should, uh, but talking about those cultural elements every day. And now, as a leader, you also have to move toward making consequences for people who are exhibiting the new cultural habits that you want and consequences for people who are not doing that. And it's not difficult to do. It doesn't have to be expensive to do. Uh, you can you can just tell somebody in the moment, hey, that was terrific. You know, we, we've said we want a culture of kindness in this organization. And I just saw the way you dealt with that particular patient or that and you did this, which I thought was a great example of kindness. And even if you don't distribute the story, if you just name it and you say it to that person, that's enough reinforcement that you're going to get more of that as a habit. So there have to be consequences for people. Brian, what comes up for you when I make that point? Yes, absolutely. I'll tell you, um, in addition to the questions around culture in our conferences, one of the other big things is around um, confronting undesirable behavior. That's a major, major, major question or uh, issue that people come to our leadership conferences for. And what I've what I found, Larry, is no matter what country I'm working in or what industry I'm working in, I'm finding less and less managers who know how to give constructive feedback 
or how to confront apathy. And I think apathy is a, I think, I think apathy is worse than even negativity because <laughs> so apathy can be disguised, right? But ultimately, apathy is very contagious. And I think that if you're a leader, if you're in a management role, if you're in a management role, um, you're not doing your job if you're not confronting and addressing things that need to be addressed, both positive and, and negative. Those things have, have to be addressed, but it has to be immediate. You can't wait a month. You can't wait once a year. It has to be something that you do regularly because that's really what's going to foster the relationship, the one-on-one relationship that needs to happen between the manager and the employee. Yes, absolutely. And one of the ways to confront apathy if you're a leader is you have to not have apathy. If that's right. Part, if part of your culture is that you want uh, impeccable cleanliness, you as a leader cannot step over the piece of paper. You as a leader cannot simply walk by something that isn't clean and not do something about it, even if you can't clean it in the moment that you are going to make sure that uh, the right people understand that this has to be cleaned. And then when you walk through somebody's area and it's not clean, you say to them, why do I have to take action here? This is your area. You, you, you fight apathy by not having it yourself. Uh, and ap- yes. You know, I'll tell you, Larry, there are, exactly what you, what you just said is completely on point. I think a lot of times the word standard, the word standard gets overused. The word standard gets overused. And people are talking, a lot of managers are saying this is a standard, but what they're not treating it as a standard, and it's coming across to the employee as, as a suggestion. Because standards are what you stand for. Standards ought to be non-negotiable. Standards are not easily swayed. Standards are absolute. Standards are straight. Standards are black and white. A standard is what you stand for, right? And if you, have a, if you declare something as a standard and you don't enforce it, and you allow it not to be followed, then it's a suggestion. And I think it's immoral to hold people accountable for, for suggestions, for not following your suggestion. Well, in fact, if it's a suggestion, you're not, the whole point is you're not holding people accountable. If it is a standard, then uh, it follows that people are going to be held accountable if they are not meeting the standard. And I, I go back to my original uh, phraseology, there has to be consequences. There has to be good consequences when people are meeting the standard, but there has to be consequences when people are not meeting the standard. And this uh, really is part of leading this change that we started talking about from a certain kind of culture to a different kind of culture. If you're leading that change in the culture, you have to make it clear to people that these are not suggestions. You know, my, uh, I tell this, this little anecdote frequently, but my wife came back from church one day and, and mm-hmm. told, me, told me that in, in his sermon, the minister was talking about uh, Moses leading the Israelites uh, out of Egypt and they're wandering That's around right. in the desert. And, and the minister said he was certain that there was a back to Egypt committee among those Israelites, that there were people who were actively resisting this, and every organization is going to have a back to Egypt committee. 
and there has to be consequences. And I think good leaders who want to make a difference uh, in, in terms of how they're confronting this, you can say very compassionately to any employee, look, we, the train has left the station. We are not going back to that old uh, culture, those old habits. We're, we're going to adopt these new habits, and I'm going to do everything in my power to help you learn what you need to learn, to adopt these new ways of behaving, these new habits. But you need to understand this. If you and I can't together get you there, you're not going to be able to stay on this team. It mm-hmm. has to be that clear. And Larry, and that's, and that's, that's what requires, um, in my opinion, unusual courage for a leader to make that claim. Like you, know, you brought up Moses. And, the, and you know, um, <clears throat> getting people out, out of getting the Israel, like getting the Hebrews out of out of Egypt. There were whenever something went somewhat wrong, all the Hebrews were like blaming him. Like, what have you done? You're gonna get us all killed out here in the wilderness. But Moses kept pressing forth, and that's what strong leaders do. They press forward in spite of the difficulties that they know are gonna come up. There's gonna be resistance because when every time we change, there's resistance from the people on your own team. But if you have a clear enough vision to move forward day by day by day, regardless if you see the rewards at that time, then you'll get the respect that you're looking for. But as a leader, it cannot be about you. It has to be about the vision. Because if it's about you, you create a very dangerous, centralized dynamic. If something happens to you, then the organization goes down. Yeah, absolutely. And and by the way, this is off topic, but... I, I have to tell you this. I was I was at a uh, I was at a party last weekend, and uh, a, uh, a a senior individual was proudly saying to me that their uh, relatives, uh, their ancestors, had come over on the Mayflower, and I I listened and I was duly impressed, and I said, "Yeah, that's wonderful. One of my ancestors received the Ten Commandments from God." <laughs> so what they say? Oh, they, they, they just they just laughed. They knew they 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 knew it was they they knew I was being humorous, uh, in a certain sense. So that that was off the topic, but I just I just had to tell that joke. You can of tell. Of course, the... I mean, like it was right there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's yeah. right. Uh, you can tell from this great conversation, this engaging conversation, that the management and leadership styles of Brian and Larry just really jive. And so we're going to take a quick break here. Um, but when we come back in this last segment, I would love to really explore the book, Managing to Make a Difference, the topics that we talk about every week, and and kind of what came out of that book for you, Brian, that really aligned sure. with the leadership Institute um, principles that you share with your audiences all the time and um, and just really share with our audience. We've been kind of marching through the book with our podcast and talking about different uh, chapters, different sections. And just from an outsider's perspective and an expert in leadership techniques and organizational effectiveness, I would love to hear what uh, just really jumped out of the book for you and what takeaways you um, will bring to your audiences, even in this upcoming event, uh, May 16th and 17th in Florida. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back to explore that. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
tasked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person -person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Thanks for joining us again for Managing to Make a Difference today. We have been joined by Dr. Brian Williams, a leadership and service excellence speaker, consultant, and author, and it's been a lively discussion with he and author Larry Sternberg from Managing to Make a Difference. Uh, if you have joined us for this conversation, and if you're just joining us now, I highly recommend you go back and listen to the beginning of the podcast because it's been a great conversation. And you can tell both of these gentlemen are incredibly engaging speakers, and I have had the privilege of listening to both of them in seminars and seeing them um, share their talents and their expertise with everyone. And so I just want to encourage you, if you want to reach out to either one of them um, to come and speak at your next organizational event, uh, manage to make a difference.com is where you can find Larry Sternberg and additional resources on the book we've been talking about and on the podcast that you've been hearing for the past several weeks over the last months and, um, and even year. And bwenterprise.net is the location where you can go to reach out to see about Brian Williams coming to your event as well. So I want to encourage you both on that. We have been talking about culture. We've been talking about management. We've been talking about um, standardization and suggestion and the differences between that and how, as a leader, you decide your leadership structure is going to be. And I guess, Brian, um, what I really want to get to um, in this last segment is – 
what, when you read Managing to Make a Difference, really jumped out to you? What aligned with the philosophies that you were already sharing with your audiences? And and um, just for our audience members, you know, we've gone through so many different chapters, but what really spoke to you in the book? Well, there's so many things. But one of the things that jumped out that I actually wrote mind-blowing in the comments section in, in, in my book is on page 24, talking about accepting people as they are. There's a lesson point that 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 that, that Larry and Kim put in there about how employees are eminently capable of understanding why you're tolerating um, undesirable behavior from top performers, and essentially saying that people know that you will have favorites. That's not the issue. It's when you're not doing your job as a manager because you have the favorites. <laughs> and that's something that everybody kind of tacitly knows. But that was the first time in my career I've ever seen it written out. And I thought that was so incredibly accurate and powerful. And another thing that I absolutely love from the book is the whole discussion around how fit is not just a fit for the organization, but fit for the person you're reporting to. Because you can be a great fit for the organization and a great fit for the role, but if you're not a great fit for the person you're reporting to, then it won't work. You couldn't agree more, of course. Uh, And people need to recognize that about themselves. Everybody Mm. has preferences. Everybody has biases. There are, there are times when I, I, I have done a lot of executive analysis in my career at Town Plus, And I'm remembering a time when a very large insurance company was seeking a president for an HMO that they owned. And uh, this insurance company was so large that they owned I don't know, I think 11 uh, HMOs, and each one had a president, and they reported up to a group CEO. So they were seeking a new president for one of these. And I was doing the analysis on a particular candidate, and she had built and sold two HMOs, built them from the ground up and sold them. So she knew what she was doing, and she had other great talent. She was a very impressive entrepreneurial executive. And I, uh, I, called the, uh, I called the CEO, and I said, I've got good news and bad news. And uh, he said, all right, give me the good news. And I said, the good news is this particular candidate is unbelievable. She's impressive. She brings things to your organization that the, will improve the organization. She's done this job, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I would strongly recommend her for the role. He said, what's the bad news? And I said, there's a but. And I said, the but is this. Your organization is highly bureaucratic. And mm-hmm. this woman is highly entrepreneurial. And if you bring her on board, you're going to have to let her do her thing. You're going to have to protect her from the bureaucracy of the organization. Mm. And we had a conversation about that. He, he said, let me think about it. So three days later, he called me back and he said, you know what? I'm going to pass. He said, we cannot change the culture of this organization enough to that she would be a good fit. I, he said, I get your point and it's too bad, but... Uh, our organization is not a good fit for an entrepreneur. And that was good for her and it was good for the organization. So if somebody is not the right fit, and you can get it down to you, if somebody is going to work for uh, Brian Williams, I assure mm. you 
That person better be passionate about excellence. That person right. better be passionate about doing the right things for the right reasons. And if a person isn't passionate about that, uh, they're just not a good fit for working with Brian Williams. That's what we're That's talking right. about here. And so it's not just how much experience do you have and how great is your expertise. The issue of fit cannot be overlooked and it cannot be emphasized enough. No, I agree. No, I mean, that, that fit quotient is so, so rare. I, I know that in the Talent Plus um, gift formula, um, you know, talent, talent plus fit times investment equals growth. Um, but, but that fit is so critical because you can, you can have all the skills and the qualities and talents, but just not really fit well on that specific team. And I think that, that it also requires um, courage within yourself to say, you know what, this, this doesn't feel right for me. I think it's best that I potentially even look for another department within the same organization. But, but I think that it's, that it's definitely immoral, Larry, to, to see someone in a role and they're not, they're not um, flourishing in that role and allow them to stay there. Absolutely. And, and I will tell you, that person knows it before you do. Oh, absolutely. Some, they can feel it. Yeah, they can feel it. And it is That's not right. kind to leave them there. Even if the conversation is difficult, just think about, for those of you who are parents, think about conversations that you occasionally have with your children, where you're telling them something that it's hard for them to hear. It's unpleasant. But the, you're, you're willing to work through the unpleasantness because your commitment to helping your child become a better person is probably not measurable. And so you occasionally have conversations that might be difficult, they might be unpleasant, but you're doing it because the more you care about somebody, the more likely you are to have that difficult conversation. As we wrap up this segment, I just wanted to give you uh, an opportunity, Brian, to just uh, think about what we've been talking about today. Any final thoughts as we wrap up this podcast today? No, I think I think it was a phenomenal conversation. Thank you very much, Larry, for the, for the opportunity, and also you, Kim, for moderating it. I'm excited to be partnering with Talent Plus and collaborating with you on developing and, and, and putting out this wonderful um, Strong Leader Institute. And you can get a strongleaderinstitute.com. But, you know, at the end of the day, leaders ought to lead stronger. Just lead stronger. Be bold in your leadership. Be compassionate in your, like, be compassionately strong. You know, love compassionately. Hold people accountable um, strong in, in, in a strong way. Give recognition in a strong way. But don't do it in a wishy-washy, um, muddled-down, diluted manner. Nobody respects that. Do it in a strong manner. So lead strong. What a pleasure it has been to be joining um, this conversation with both of you today. Uh, you know, I, uh, as I sit back and I think about leadership that experiences that I've had, leadership experience that I will have going forward, and um, my own leadership, it's just inspiring to spend the time with you. So uh, thank you all our, to our audience for joining us today. Thank you, Brian, for joining us. Larry, as always, it's been a pleasure, and we will look forward to um, managing to make a difference in the lives of the people that we work with every single day today and going forward. So I hope you all have a great afternoon. Again, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. 
Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.